Hey everybody, welcome to Lady Overlander Radio. Tonight we're speaking with Matt Caldwell and Don Cox of Tread Lightly. Stay tuned. Grab your favorite drink, whether it's a coffee, cocktail, or tea, and get ready. It's Ladies Night on Lady Overlander Radio. The Lady Overlander Radio Podcast is sponsored by Frontrunner Outfitters, Midland Radio, Go Treads, Sport Keg, CB Adventure Supply, Adventure Trail Outfitters, Overland Spices, and the Moore Expo. Hey Arla, hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. Where you at? I am in Thermopolis, Wyoming right now pretty awesome yeah. it's finally warm yeah mm-hmm. spent the last couple of days in idaho and that was a little chilly still but yeah working our way up north and we're going to go to ten sleep and then meet up with uh bill and deb from Wample overland and travel around with them a little bit then i'm gonna break off from them and head out to expo pacific northwest i got roped into doing some more classes there so nice Awesome. You? What are you doing? Um, it's hot here. <laughs> uh, like 88. And uh, it stormed really bad here. And everybody knows how much I love storms. Oh, yeah. Any tornadoes? It was, it was the creepiest wall cloud I've ever seen in my life today. Mm. No, thank you. Lots of wind. Hail, of course, you know. So looking out the window at my Jeep going, please don't get bigger than that. Please don't get bigger than that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That hail at Expo West was pretty interesting as well. Yeah, that lasted forever. It was the longest hailstorm I've ever been in. Luckily, it was tiny, but it took forever. <laughs> all I, all I kept thinking was, oh, all these rigs are going to get destroyed. But Looking around, all these happened. rigs are like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so our real quick, our schedule... Uh, um, we'll be at Pacific Northwest, or I will be, and then we'll be doing our ladies camping retreat in September. It's a little kind of get together thing for Lady Overlander radio fans. And then also in September, we'll be doing the Teton Overland show. And then we'll have our normal stuff, Big Iron Overland Rally and Rendezvous in the Ozarks, that kind of fun stuff. So come say hi to us at any of those events. Uh, we'll also try to be doing a few tread lightly cleanups if we can get coordinated with that. So you can come say hi to us there. We did one out in Cinder Hills um, right before Expo West, which was pretty awesome. It was a pretty good turnout there. So uh, if you find any events in your local area, yeah, be sure to go out and help clean up because it's desperately needed. I could tell you that. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Matt Caldwell, who is the CEO of Tread Lightly, and let him give a little background on himself and on Tread Lightly, the organization. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you guys having us on and uh, excited to be able to share a little bit more about Tread Lightly and what we've got going all over the country. So, um, you know, just real quick about Tread Lightly. A lot of people don't know Tread Lightly was actually started by the Forest Service. Um, we're celebrating 33 years this year, 
Um, so it's been going for, for quite a while. Um, we were broken off into a nonprofit, which we still operate on now. And um, our, we have three main focus areas. One is you know, stewardship and taking care of the land that we, uh, we get to enjoy and adventure on. Two is education, teaching people how to enjoy the land that we're, uh, we're adventuring on. And then, you know, doing outreach and communication to share all the positive things that, you know, our community does um, to take care of public land. So um, excited to be on tonight and just share a little bit more about what we have going. Awesome. Very nice. And Don, Don Cox is uh, from Florida. And go ahead and give you a little background on yourself, Don, and how you're, yeah. you're, how you're associated with Ted Lightly. Yep. Thank you for again for having us on tonight. It's uh, it is really exciting to be able to to reach out to this many people at, at once and and get the message out there. I got involved with Tread Lightly in 2020 when the Jeep uh, Badge of Honors uh, program named the Tread Lightly Four Wheel Driveway Trail in the Ocala National Forest a Badge of Honor Trail. At the time, I, I just barely knew anything about the uh, tread lightly organization. So it was it was definitely uh, an education for me to learn about them and, and find out more. And once I started getting into it, I, I just kept going and, and didn't stop. And, and in late 2020, I uh, took a phone call with Matt and I told him, I said, I don't want to, uh, you know, make a splash in Florida with tread lightly. I want to go off like a bomb. And uh, <laughs> I believe I, I believe we achieved that. Um, because there was no uh, no message out there as far as responsible behavior in Florida at the time. So uh, we've made some great progress here in Florida, and, and I think it's something to be really proud of. So that's, uh, that's my story for the moment. So Yeah, I grew up in Marion County and then in Citrus County. So I, I understand, you know, the guys going out on the weekends and drinking and wheeling and all that stuff. And then you probably look there on Monday morning and there's a huge mess that's left over, you know, trash and campfires, yeah. random, random things. And and like we talked about before we went live, you know, a lot of people use these national forests and public lands as dumping grounds. You know, they just, they don't feel like taking their trash to the actual dump site or landfill and they just take it out in the woods and leave it there. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. How, how bad was the Ocala National Forest when you got involved with that? Because like I told you earlier, when I was a kid, we didn't really go there. It's, it um, really... you know, from the, what I hear from the stories of the of the folks that have been around a lot longer than I have, um, it, it was really bad and it has gotten a lot better. And um, over the last couple of years, we've made some real progress in, in getting some areas cleaned up and more enjoyable for recreationists to use the forest. So it's definitely an ongoing process and and we're getting there. So we just need to keep keep moving and, and keep getting the word out that we're out there doing some good work. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing great work and you were named the 2021 Tread Lightly Ambassador of the Year, correct? Yes, that's correct. And a big part of that, I, I contribute to the, uh, the community itself. They, uh, they came out in support of me when I started uh, spreading the message and a lot of people have jumped on the bandwagon and uh, has uh, 
contributed to getting the message out there as well. So I can't take all the credit for that, but I, I definitely uh, uh, was very honored to have that um, Ambassador of the Year Award put on me in 2021. Um, and that came a lot from going out into the shows and, and reaching out to people through uh, the big events that we do here in Florida. Yeah, and I think people will probably be pretty surprised to find out just how many different public types of public lands there are in Florida, because I don't really, I don't know, like, it's not something I ever really thought about when I was younger growing up there. Like, you know, I knew that there was the Osceola National Forest and the Ocala National Forest, and that was about it. But there's, you know, National Park, there's different water management areas, wildlife management areas, state parks, state forests, there's all kinds of different public lands for people to go and recreate and, and have a good time on there. And, you know, I know that that's pretty standard across most states, but it was just surprising to me to realize how many opportunities there were to go out and camp and enjoy the outdoors and stuff there that I didn't realize when I was younger. Yeah, the, the development in Florida, as as most people know, has, has just, you know, been a boom the last couple of three years. And it is amazing how much of area is protected still in Florida and, and can never be developed. Uh, there is a lot of uh, land in Florida and, and most of it is accessible one way or another, either through hiking or, or biking or, or actually um, off-road type uh, vehicles can, can access these areas. So I do going with the off-roading part and and the popularity of overlanding. Let's uh, Matt. I would like to get your take on how you think this boom in overlanding has affected our public lands. Do you think it's had a good effect or a bad effect overall? Well, I, I would say it's both. I'm going to take the easy way out and say both. Um, <laughs> I think it's great. Okay. <laughs> I think that it's great that so many people have gone to the outdoors as a way to adventure and escape. Um, that's why I do it. Um, it's, it's why I love to, to go off road. Um, I, so I think that piece is great. And I think with the, the challenges of the last three years, um, that opportunity to clear your mind, um, by getting outdoors is, is really great. Um, I think what it's done though, is, is it's obviously put a huge stress on our public lands and on our public land managers. Um, yeah. you know, it, it really doesn't matter where it is you know we do work all over the country and we hear it everywhere um i was i was on a call today and um we were talking about particularly power sports in arizona and um utvs uh utv registrations in arizona since 2020 have jumped by 80 percent oh wow um so yeah again it's great that more people are getting outside um but obviously that type of jump puts a lot of stress on on the areas that we love to enjoy oh yeah that's wow I, again i'm 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 kind of with where you are where i'm really really glad to see more people getting out and using the public lands and recreating and doing all of these outdoor activities and i think covid was a big push for that because people could go out and social distance and do their thing but at the same time I just I do worry I do worry how much of that affects because I know like just with the state parks in Florida because I was a volunteer there before just with the state parks I know how understaffed they are so I can only imagine on a federal level you know the pub, different public lands and how widespread they are that you know they're probably pretty understaffed and underfunded as well 
And yeah, uh, really good point. Um, the number is somewhere in the 20 to 30% is the number that we hear um, in terms of under-resourced and that's headcount. So that's approved positions that aren't filled. Um, so then there's the funding piece on top of it <laughs> in addition to the people. So, you know, both of those things um, make the task for the land managers really easy. Uh, or, I mean, sorry, really difficult. And then, you know, like something like travel management, we all talk about travel management and, and our motor vehicle use maps. Um, th those weren't designed to see an 80% increase. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have had to happen on the fly. And sometimes those aren't necessarily favorable for us if, if we're hoping to have access. Um, but, you know, really important. I think that's, that is a key role that tread lightly plays is to step in and be that resource and fill that gap um you know where where our land managers know that they're under resourced yeah absolutely so in what ways um specifically is tread lightly able to help those different uh forests and public lands yeah great what Great question. So, you know, I think a lot of people know Tread Lightly, you know, like you said, is, uh, you know, cleanup efforts and those are awesome and they're great and they're much needed for all of the reasons that you said. Um, you know, what we found is um, there's kind of that next level need, which is right now not really being serviced by many people. Now, there's a lot of groups that organize a cleanup, a club might or organize a cleanup. We've got you know, several groups specifically out here in the West that that's what they do and they focus on. Um, and we support those groups a lot of time. We provide them with funding. We maybe we uh, we get dumpsters delivered for them so that they can fill those. Um, but that next level work, um, stuff like fencing work, uh, remediation work, signage work, that's been a gap. And it's really where in the last two years we've kind of stepped up uh, and stepped into that role um we've probably placed uh, i'm i'm guessing here 15 to 20 kiosks in multiple states this year um and we've probably got another 30 to 40 to place this year um so for us that's obviously stewardship work it's visible tangible work that people can see like hey somebody's out here making a difference but there's also a really strong educational component that comes with all those kiosks of you know how do we act when we're out on public land so uh, yeah. For us, that's really important to get, uh, tell that story of, hey, this is how we be responsible through the education piece, but there's also this method to give back and do your part to also give back to the lands that have given so much to us. Yeah, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, devil's advocate here, maybe. Do you think it's more of a lack of education or a lack of caring, or do you think it's a little bit of both? I think it's both, um, you know, and I think I sit at meetings all the time and, you know, we do this and point fingers at, at where the issue is. Um, you know, it could be everything from, you know, our our dealer base that have been super busy the last two years and they just want somebody to sign a dotted line and you toss them the key. Um, to people that never grew up in the outdoors or venturing outside, they've been forced to because of the last two or three years. And I think in a lot of cases, people don't know. Um, I use I use the example a lot. I have a really trusted uh, you know person within the land management agencies in Moab, mm -hmm. and I asked him one day. I said, 
so what is it like who's who's the issue or what's the issue and i had a idea you know i'm like i think he's going to go down this route and he said matt if i'm honest with you it's one percent of everybody and he said i'm not just talking about motorized recreation i'm talking about every form of recreation from mountain bikes to climbers to overlanders um, to power sports people there's a portion of every group that's that causes the impacts that we see um so in some cases you know we've got to lead by example um and just share that information with them that they might not know um you know and in other cases uh we've got to really almost come alongside them and say like hey do you even understand like something as simple as driving off trail driving around obstacles yeah. um you know it, it's it's amazing to me you know somebody has a a very expensive rig that's very capable of driving over something and we want to drive around it. Um, it we've all seen it. Um, so, you know, just being able to talk to people and say, Hey, have you thought about this? And I think a lot of times we find when you share that information and you share it in the right way, people are like, I, I had no idea. I didn't know, or I'm new to this. So, um, the, one of the best examples I can give, um, UTV impacts in Sedona have been substantial um, in the last two years. Uh, we we have a group that works very hard there on, on multiple impacts. And Arizona Game and Fish came up with a five-minute video, educational video that talked about everything from safety to staying on trail. Um, it's a great piece. We started showing that at all the rental outfitters. Since we started showing that, we've had anywhere from a 50 to 75% reduction in incidents with UTV. Really? That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a substantial number. And I mean, again, for, to get somebody to watch a four minute video, um, the one outfitter, I love it. He waits till they strap in and then he sticks the tablet in front of them. So they can't <laughs> away and makes him watch it. But I mean, that, those are really, really great things. Um, and those are easy to do. And, you know, that's a cooperative effort between Game and Fish and Tread Lightly and, you know, the rental outfitters. Um, there's there's some solutions out there that we can definitely work on. Well, yeah, I think that we all have a role to play, even the people that, do, you know, take people out on tours commercially and everything. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a role to play in that and everybody can can definitely make a difference. I, I, I find it interesting that a five minute video, that's that's pretty awesome, because I know that Utah recently, I think last year, made it to where you have to do a mandatory little training video before you can go out and and wheel or with ATVs or OHVs or anything. So I'm wondering if is, you think Arizona is going to follow suit with that or have you heard anything about that? Yeah, so we were involved in the Utah piece. We actually helped create a fair amount of the content for the Utah piece. Um, it's probably the Utah piece is a 20, 25 minute, you know, course, there's some video, there's, you know, quizzes and, and questions in it, you know, and you get your, your certificate at the end, it's a once in a lifetime course. So, I mean, you know, for the 20 minutes that it takes, I think it's, it's well worthwhile. Um, in terms of Arizona, uh, the course requirement was actually in a bill that was introduced into the legislature last year. Um, okay. it yeah, held up in committee and, and did make it to, uh, to the floor. Um, but I have a feeling in, in upcoming years, we'll continue to see, um, that option come and, you know, uh, hopefully that's something that gets passed. And again, uh, if it gives everybody, 
um, the chance to educate themselves, that's great. And I think it's beneficial for everybody in the community. Yeah, I think that, I think there is some lack of education, Like you know, there's some people that don't know, you know, how to properly dispose. We talked earlier before we went live about, you know, you spent a, a quite a bit of time on another podcast talking about restrooms, you know, restroom use yeah. out in the woods. And, you know, mm -hmm. maybe people don't realize I really need to, you know, do this specific thing with this and not do that. And, you know, I just think that maybe some of it is lack of education, but I do find that I still see people that just unfortunately just don't care. And like we talked about, you know, taking their stuff out there and just dumping it, mm -hmm. you know, for somebody else, some, some other forestry service person or Bureau of Land Management or somebody else to have to go deal with that, mm -hmm. you know, it's just not, that's not cool. Right. At all. Yeah. What Tara don't disagree you? at all. <laughs> yeah. We got a couple of comments in here. Uh, okay. Tara McGovern says the Utah course is awesome and I wish it was required by all states. It's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Uh, Bats Off Road says I'm a trail guide for Onyx. In order to be accepted, I had to go through some tread lightly training. I think these partnerships are fantastic. Absolutely. Another good point. Absolutely yeah. So let's talk about training. Let's talk about the different training options that Tread Lightly provides. And Don, you're a Tread trainer, correct? Is that the correct term for that? Yes, I'm a Tread trainer and I'm also a master Tread trainer. Okay. I've gone, I've gone through both of those programs. And um, you know, I, could, I could probably elaborate a little bit more on this. Obviously, we have the, the ground level uh, educational program that's online and it's free and accessible to anybody that goes online and, and accesses it. Um, it's about a 45 minute course that you take and, and you can go through and get a certificate like Matt said at the, at, on the other Utah course. Um, this the online awareness course. You can get a certificate for doing that course. And then um, the next level up from that, you go to the Tread Trainer Program and the Tread Trainer Program is a class that lasts about eight hours and it goes in depth into the history of uh, Tread Lightly, what the principles are and all the aspects of responsible outdoor recreation. Then um, the final piece to the puzzle, so to speak, is the master tread trainer uh, curriculum. And that teaches you how to teach the tread lightly uh, principles and curriculum. So you can go through all, th all three of those uh, programs. The tread trainer course can only be taught by staff or a master tread trainer and then the master tread trainer class can only be taught by staff so okay. there is uh, there is uh some uh requirements there of who teaches those classes the online awareness class is accessible by everyone so and i've been through obviously all, all three of the the uh, uh, educational opportunities so. and so how often do you um train other people are you doing that like on a quarterly basis or as, as needed? Uh, it's, it's kind of an as needed um, as far as my um, tread trainer goes. Now there is some uh, availability of online uh, training uh, for the tread trainer course. I think a lot of people will, will migrate to that because of, they can do it from their home. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, I've done one since I've been a master tread trainer. Uh, I was, um, certified late in 2021 as a master tread trainer and i did one class last year um, i've got some uh, 
interest in doing a class this year. I've yet to schedule it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that on the, on the schedule soon. It'll probably be sometime later this year, around September or October for that, for the, you know, central Florida area, if anybody wants to come to a live tread trainer class. Awesome. That's great information. So Matt, tell us a little bit about um, the tread trainer program overall and how, how effective that's been. Yeah, the tread trainer program, um, you know, it's interesting that it was originally funded by the uh, grant that we had from the Federal Highway Administration. Um, and that's, you know, OH, OHV and, and offered vehicle use, um, you know, as part of the fuel tax, there's a portion of the fuel tax that's associated with that. And okay. some of that funding comes back and, and goes back to, you know, our, our off-road use. So, um, We've actually been in a place where we haven't had that funding though now for uh, almost two years. Um, so the whole master or tread trainer and master tread trainer program, tread lightly has just been funding on our own. Um, so that's been a little bit challenging, but like Don just said, the one thing that it did uh, open us up for is uh, in the past, a requirement was that they were always in person um now where we don't have that grant it has opened up the ability to do um, online training um which is a lot more flexible and and we can get you know different people involved um i think the other piece that's really important is we've started to see a lot of interest from our industry partners um in doing tread training with their staffs internally uh, and I think when we can get into a, a company and kind of start to change the culture and, and ingrain tread lightly and tread principles into the culture, um, that's really important. Um, Rivian's a great example. We have multiple master tread trainers now within Rivian, um, and they have been able then to do, you know, tread training with people within, within their organization. Um, the other thing that we've been doing is some very targeted trainings. We've had several um, of our industry partners come to us and say, can you do a training on this or on this? Um, one of the biggest requests we've had lately uh, for our internal like corporate partners is training on social media um, and kind of PR aspects. Um, so we've created a course that's called Tread Lightly with Your Content. Um, and we actually um, will go back into the social media channels for that partner and start to identify, hey, here's some things that are potential issues, um, maybe a PR issue or, or something that might end up getting called out. Um, and in a lot of cases, it just allows us to educate their team, um, whether that's their internal marketing team or in sometimes it's a external you know, ad agency um, we've been able to be in front of those. We have one corporate partner where we've probably trained up close to 75 people um, on their marketing team. So uh, I think all of this is, uh, again, it's really important. The tread principles are, um, they're not rocket science, but they make sense. Um, I've had somebody ask me uh, recently, like, are you gonna do the tread principles because of the change to EV? Well, no, that's the great thing about them. They all still work. It doesn't really matter what vehicle you're in. Um, so um, I think, you know, all of this is the training piece is important. Um, you know, Don's one that's doing, we've got some other tread trainers that are doing trainings across the country. Um, we have multiple organizations that are plugging it into things that they are doing. 
Danielle from our team, she tries to do a, a tread trainer, a master tread trainer about once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of keep a list going of like what are requests and how are those building up? And then, you know, we try to get a course knocked out. Yeah. And I know we talked at Expo West about doing a Lady Overlander Radio's ladies tread trainer mm-hmm. course that we're working on. So yeah. we'll put out more information about that once we have that kind of solidified. So if any ladies out there would like to sign up for that, we can all kind of take it together as a group, which I think would be really neat. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Speaking of ladies, April Upton is on here and she says, uh, thanks for talking about training. She just taught an off-road 101 course last week and included the tread principles from your website. April, did you do that in the Ozark National Forest or where did you go? That's pretty awesome. That's great. Yeah, and I, you also have a job opening currently, correct? <laughs> Director of communications or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually, uh, well, we had two. Um, we just filled the one. Uh, we brought in a second program manager into Arizona. Okay. Um, you know, that's been really great. We've continued to try to grow what's going on here in Arizona. Um, but yeah, we've, we're, we're to a place um, a lot of people don't know in the last two and a half years, we've doubled our team. Um, when, when I started in October of 2020, um, I was full-time employee number eight and we're working on number 15 um, right now. So um, the last two and a half years have been really great, but yeah, we're looking for a director of marketing and communications um, to kind of lead uh, our marketing and communications efforts. Um, I would say probably one of the biggest learnings for me in the last two and a half years is um, our work doesn't end when we finish a project. There's way too many people in the public, whether they're part of our community or not, that don't know about the positive work that the community is doing. Um, and you know, we really need to continue to tell the story you know, whether it's Tread Lightly or it's other groups, you know, it could be individual clubs or it could be individuals like Don that just seriously, Don called me and said, I'm going to make a, a really big splash in, in uh, Florida. So um, we, we need this person to uh, come on board and, and really start to drive our, our strategy of how do we get as many people as possible aware of what we're doing. You know, I, I look at a lot of the other big nonprofits in, in the United States that we all know about. We know about them because they're constantly talked about and constantly communicated about. Um, you know, we're, I don't expect to be one of those big ones like Red Cross or, or United Way tomorrow, but we've got to start working our way um, towards that and make sure more people know about the positive work that's being done. Yeah, and I think that having the appropriate staff in place is definitely a big key factor for that. So. That's pretty great that you're able to expand and, and bring on more full-time staff. We are, uh, I personally am very looking forward to having that person on board to take some <laughs> I bet you <laughs> are. <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about the Cinder Hills um, OHV cleanup. We, we participated in that and we did a little bit of trash cleanup like you talked about, but we also did, they, you know, some people did signage I know they mm-hmm. took down a lot of signs and changed out some signs there. They also did something else, which I found interesting, which was we had to go along the fence line and remove all of the tumbleweeds. Yeah. And I never really thought about that. Um, that what a large, um, you know, fire issue that is 
when those sure. tumbleweeds get caught on fencing and you know that was that was pretty interesting to me but you had how, how many people did you end up having there at that cleanup yeah we had about 80 people out there um yeah. the thursday before before overland expo um you know a huge thank you to overland expo foundation um you know for funding those efforts to make that project possible um, we, we really had a plan last year to do a project in conjunction with Expo West last year. And then to your point you just made, we had two substantial wildfires in the Cinder Hills area. Yeah. Um, we actually had to cancel the project twice. Um, and we weren't able to get that project in until November, um, of last year. You know, and interestingly enough with the project in November, one of the things that we did was we replaced almost 500 feet of worm fencing. And, you know, it was pretty wild to walk into the forest and we're, we're with the forest service and they're like, yeah, you know, four months ago, there was a fence here. And like, other than the large uh, nails that had been into the, the corner post, like you couldn't see that there had been a fence there. Um, it was completely gone. So, um, you know, that's a great example of, a little bit different type of work, um, you know, that we're able to do, um, uh, the Forest Service allows us to do. And they told us like, that's something that, you know, was a huge load off of them. Um, the person that we work with at the Forest Service, when we met and met with him at Cinder Hills last September, he told me after the event that you were at, uh, his name's Matt as well. He's like, Matt, when you and Michelle showed up at last September, he's like, these guys are too good to be true. This can't be real. Um, cause we told him we wanted to get two kiosk placed for him that they didn't have the funding for. Um, so we actually went and wrote a grant to the Omaha outdoor access initiative, got the funding for those. Um, so, uh, then at the project that you were at, we actually installed the two new kiosks, replaced signage on, on those and another kiosk. Um, we picked up almost a ton, uh, of trash, uh, out of Cinder Hills. And then um, again, like you said, the tumbleweeds, you know, you don't think about it until you think about that area. I drove through that area twice last year when it was on fire. Um, yeah. And that's a pretty substantial danger. Um, and that was actually a request that was made by the neighbors. Uh, there's a neighborhood right next to Cinder Hills, um, which is a, that's a whole nother story. The, the project in November, um, I had a lady that had called me earlier last year and she said, Hey, I hear about the work that you guys are doing in Sedona. Do you ever think you're going to make it up to Cinder Hills? And I said, well, actually we've, we've tried twice. The fire has caused some issues, but we plan to be up there. Um, this lady is just a neighbor. She's, she's not part of the, the off-road community at, at all. Um, she came to the event. She brought four of her neighbors with her. Um, they chipped in and, and joined us for the event in November. And uh, she came to me after the event and uh, she said, thank you so much for coming and for organizing this. It's been really great. We never had, we never knew that anybody cared in the community. Um, so huge yeah. impact on, on her. Uh, she was actually traveling this time and wasn't able to come. Um, but she's been in communication with us and she's like, I hope we can make this a regular thing, you know, every year. Um, but just a great, um, you know, impact in the community. It was great to have you know, a couple of our other partners there that are close um, and, and, you know, have their businesses in that community. Um, we had another partner there. Um, we actually had one of our partners uh, from Ford um, that was with us. 
and she was blown away that you guys got 80 people out here. Some people should have been setting up their booths. Some people could have been hanging out with friends that they hadn't seen in a while. And you've got people out here, you know, giving back to public lands. Um, so really awesome experience on, on a ton of different levels. Yeah. You had, uh, Casey highlights was out there. Um, the was it Canyon coolers or Canyon coolers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, I mean the the head of KC was there, and uh, you know mm -hmm. that was fantastic, seeing everybody come together and and they gave out little swag bags for everybody, which was really nice. I got one of those nice wet retro hats. I'm loving that thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. That's I, I was really happy to see the turnout, and it made me want to look up more opportunities to go out and and do more. You know, because I feel like when you see that other people care sometimes it prompts you to care a little more, you know? I mean, like every time we go camping, we, we leave with an extra bag or two of trash from the campsite, but it's nice to see groups of people come together like that and really make a big impact in an area. Completely agree. And uh, so there's three more opportunities. There'll be a project in conjunction with uh, the three remaining <coughs> expos. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on details for those. It sounds like uh, the Pacific Northwest one will probably be the Monday after the show. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we're working on an opportunity for, for Colorado and for Virginia. Um, you know, it's, again, a uh, great opportunity to just for the community, you know, to come together, the Overland community, and show those communities where we have those events, like the positive things that we can do and the positive impact that we can have. Well, yeah, especially the people that live right around the entrances to the public lands, you know, they see all the bad. So it's nice to see, you know, have that representation to see the good that people can do as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So any other initiatives coming up for the next year or two, next five years for Tread Lightly? Any other types of <clears throat> new things you, you're able to talk about right now? Yeah, I mean, we really want to continue, um, you know, our efforts. Um, in terms of stewardship, we, we've actually made some changes. I, I'm, I've used stewardship a couple times. We're trying to talk more about trail restoration or trail maintenance or conservation work. It runs, resonates a little bit better with a, a bigger audience. Um, what we've seen is if people haven't maybe grown up in this world or, or lived in this community, they you say the word stewardship to them and they're like, I don't get that. I don't know what that means. So. Um, you know, we've, we've changed our uh, vernacular a little bit, um, but we really want to continue to expand that. We've, we've had a pro program going with Quadratech now um, for a little over a year to do a project in every single state, um, which has been a pretty massive undertaking. Um, I was actually exchanging emails today with a Jeep club in Hawaii. Um, we're trying to get that project uh, knocked off the list. Um, no surprise, everybody on our team has raised their hand and said that they're willing to go to that project and support it. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we, we really want to continue to expand that. Uh, our big thing, uh, I think the, the thing that's allowed us to expand, um, you know, when I came on board, all of us were in our office in Utah, which is great. And it's amazing. And Utah's uh, great and amazing. But we really needed to be out um in the field and growing relationships with land managers seeing and identifying issues on our own and and really even starting to come up with solutions with those before we ever got the land managers involved 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we now have program managers in South Carolina, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Utah, Wyoming, Nevada, and California. Um, wow. So the, the, the long-term plans are to continue to make some pretty strategic placements uh, with those program manager positions. I, if I remember correctly, the plan calls for 12 uh, program managers across the country. The next stage of that is to introduce a partner for that program manager where we'll have a program manager that's kind of the interface person uh, with the land managers. And then we'd have a stewardship manager that works directly with that person and they're kind of the boots on the ground um, person that's getting the work done and coordinating the actual project work. Um, and those two would be a team, you know, working over a specific area. So that's a, that's a tall order. <laughs> um, you know, that takes a lot to make that happen uh, from, you know, finding the right people and finding the funding. Um, but that's where, you know, we're hoping to head and, and continue to grow the organization and, and grow the positive impact that we're able to have. People like Don, we've got some incredible um, ambassadors uh, that make that possible too. Um, you know, Don was um, the first ambassador of the year we did. The second one we did is Ron Harrington. Ron's up in New England um, in the Vermont area. He is, you know, like Don, those guys get out and make things happen. And, uh, you know, continuing to build that um, the 120 projects that we did, approximately 120 projects that we did last year, we had 2,200 volunteers um, that showed up for those projects. So, um, you know, we couldn't do it without those people. And, uh, you know, we hope that that pool of volunteers continues to grow and we can per- continue to provide opportunities for them. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. I love hearing that. So what, what do you think are so, uh, just a few things that any everyday person can do? Just little things that people can do, little changes they can make. Um, you know, the, the, the D of the tread principles is do your part. Um, and I love what you just said. I mean, we think that there's a role that everybody can play um, no matter where you live, no matter where you adventure. Um, so one of the easiest ones that I always like to share when I get that question is, have you ever considered about taking two trash bags, one for yourself and one to give to somebody else that might not have one? It doesn't get a whole lot simpler or than that. Um, but we've all been on the trail and seen that person like looking like, where am I going to put this? Um, so if we have that second bag and we can share it with them, um, you know, that's a, a huge, huge thing for me. Um, I think, you know, the other thing is, we can usually identify the people that might be new um, and, you know, engage with them. Say, hey, I love that you're out here. Um, I know sometimes it's tough to ask questions like, what question do you have for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, be a resource. Um, one of the reasons I, I was gone from the off-road community for a few years um, and I missed it because of that piece, um, the, the community and camaraderie that exists. And uh, in my mind, we need to really focus on continuing to build that and continuing to expand that. And we do that by little things just like that of like, hey, let me be a resource for you. Um, let me share something that I maybe learned the hard way and, and I want to make it an easy, uh, easy learn for you. So 
Um, those things are, are all simple. We talked a little bit, you know, right now, just because of the time that we're in, um, we were involved with a fire sense campaign in Utah last week. Um, I think what I hope we don't see is that people let their guard down because we had so much precipitation this winter. Um, what that's going to mean is we actually have more grass. Um, so later in the year, the, the fire danger is going to increase as we, as we have the dryness of summer. So, you know, everybody can be really smart, do their part, make sure they're extinguishing their fires appropriately, make sure they're not parking in uh, tall grass. Um, you know, look at the amount of land that we've lost because of wildfires in the last few years. Um, you know, we want to make sure we're doing our part to, to make sure we don't add to that. Yeah, I know there's a lot of fires going on in Canada right now that, mm -hmm. that are affecting the United States. And are you guys, do you guys have any partnerships with anyone in Canada or any other countries currently or not yet? So uh, great question. We actually have a really good relationship with a couple of clubs in British Columbia. Um, they're really strong on the tread lightly um, principles and share a lot of that with their clubs. We also have a relationship with a group in the UK called the tread lightly trust. Um, and they use our content and materials pretty regularly. Um, you know, there's a classic example. We take for granted what we have when, when I talk with John over there, you know, I, I'll use the phrase, Hey, you know, we have 50,000 miles of motorized trails in Arizona. And he'll be like, Matt, we have 2000 miles in the entire UK. Um, so we have to protect what we have. Um, and then we've been having some conversations, um, uh, regarding Mexico and, and Central America uh, as well. Um, right now, it's just a little bit of a capacity issue. Um, we've got so many challenges here. You know, do you, do you keep expanding into other areas or, or do we focus on making sure we're addressing everything we need to here? Um, but there's definitely opportunities there. Yeah, I, I would see, you know, even some of the islands like St. Thomas, Puerto Rico. I know there's a lot of people in Puerto Rico that have gotten into off-roading and overlanding down there as well. Mexico, you know, a lot of these other countries are starting to branch out into that as well. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more of that, their public lands being used. So maybe down the road, there'll be more partnerships like that. That'd be, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, it, it would be great. And, you know, uh, again, for Tread Lightly to have enough awareness um, that the, the need and the desire is there to grow it outside of the States, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we got last year, I drove through the 2020 Mullen wildfire in Southern Wyoming. So sad. That's from Bats Off Road. Yeah. Yep. We had something else. Did you put up April's Upton's comment about something about the different work she's doing up in the. Over in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brouch yeah. Creek and any other site. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, we actually, uh, we just did a project in the Washington Jefferson. Um, one of our program manager that's that's region nine of the handles region nine of the Forest Service, uh, Scott Ammerman, he's Pennsylvania based. Um, so he's been doing some work up there. Um, I'm actually headed to land between the lakes um, tomorrow uh, to do a project uh, there. We've been having some discussions with the Danaboon National Forest, uh, the Allegheny in Pennsylvania. Um, there was definitely a concerted effort two and a half years ago to stretch eastward and um, you know, having those program managers and, and our two ambassadors of the year on the East Coast has, has been a huge part of that. 
yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome people from what I've seen so far. So I think that's great. And you get cool chairs, apparently. Don, you want to show them your chair? <laughs> yeah, let me, let, me, let me show you that chair. I mean, I want a chair like that. It's fancy. <laughs> it just hugs every curve. <laughs> Look at that thing. That is awesome. Sit it's all like day a, in that, dude. A gaming chair, like... That's a like uh, race car chair, like a, yeah, you know. yeah. It's, it's a chair from Corbeau, um, which is a Utah-based company that does seats from everything from uh, Jeeps to uh, road racing cars. And a great partner of ours, um, they were um, they came to us and said we want to come on board. And it was the time we were talking about the Ambassador of the Year program. I'm like, hey, well, if these guys and ladies are out there working that hard. Um, to become the ambassador of the year, they need a chair to rest in during the off season. So uh, it made a lot of sense. There you go. There is no off season in Florida, is there, Don? No, there is <laughs> no. Not. Um, technically, our hunting season is our off season because we stay out of the forest during the um, hunting season, so that the hunters can have the, the forest for themselves. So that's yeah. pretty much our off season. We go to private parks during that time and and enjoy them but yes that's our only time uh, we're not out in the, the national and state forests. where's your favorite place to camp don uh i really i i have a passion for the ocala national forest so anywhere there um i, I don't camp um i don't do uh boondocking or which is kind of uh it's it's questionable whether you can do it in the Cala National Forest. Uh, there is dispersed camping, but they can you can only use a tent or a uh, hammock. Um, but sometimes uh, the the uh, campgrounds, the rec areas, are the best place to go. So that's I go to Alexander Springs, um, Juniper Springs. Uh, go to those, and, and those are still there's no hookups in those campgrounds, so it is still a little bit primitive. Yeah, Juniper Springs is one of my favorite. Yeah, those are my favorite places to go. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, guys, for being on the show and talking to us about Tread Lightly and spreading the message. And again, they're hiring, so check that out. <laughs> go look at that job application. They, they sound like a great organization to work for. And make sure you get out there on their social media and check out any events they've got coming up and do your part. And you'll be able to listen to this podcast back on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'll be posting that up tomorrow or the next day. So if you missed the live, you'll you'll definitely be able to catch this later at a later time. So thank you so much, guys. And everybody have a wonderful night. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Take care, everyone.